Welcome back. We're hearing so much about freedom, freedom convoy. The word freedom is being used in a lot of political movements. Well, in the city of Hamilton, there are some candidates who are getting supported by the freedom movement, and they didn't even ask for it. Joining us is Grant LaFleche, an investigative reporter with the Hamilton Spectator. Grant, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. How did this work? According to your story, I mean, these candidates are getting supported by people that they didn't even ask for their endorsement. Uh, Well, I mean, just by way of background, I've been uh, investigating and writing about um, the freedom movement or the convoy movement, however you wish to label it, um, you know, really since before the, the Ottawa occupation through the pandemic. And what's happened recently is on their uh, Telegram channels, which is a social media platform that's very widely used by people in these networks, they've begun to share um, lists of candidates that they believe in one fashion or another uh, suit their political beliefs, usually against vaccines or vaccine mandates. And they're evidently choosing politicians based on, or candidates rather, based on uh, their own public utterances, you know, if they've said things or they've, you know, put out content on social media or in their campaigns that they support, uh, or in the case of established politicians, that they've taken things or taken steps or votes or policy positions that they also uh, find agreeable. And in the specific case of Hamilton, this has led to two incumbents getting endorsements they didn't ask for, Esther Pauls uh, and uh, Brad Clark, both of whom voted against uh, firing Hamilton city employees who were not in compliance with the city's vaccine mandate to be vaccinated in order to come to work. Um, And that on the strength of that alone, they've ended up on this list, even though, especially in the case of Mr. Clark, Uh, He's somebody who's been vaccinated four times against COVID-19. It tells me, at least, he doesn't give the the Freedom Convoy movement much thought whatsoever, uh, but he's got their endorsement nonetheless. You know, it kind of takes the the freedom movement in another area, doesn't it? It creates, I mean, there's criteria that makes it some kind of a movement or a club. And it's not that you're signing up. It defines who you are. And we know this is being used as a political tool. And I think this is a big example of it. It's It's been used as a political tool. Uh, this will be the third time. And this, this may be uh, the most successful attempt to date. If you think back to the last uh, federal election in 2021, this was dominated by the PPC and People's Party of Canada and, and, and Max Bernier. In the provincial election, Ontario provincial election in June, there was a more of a, a fractured front. The, the PPC, which didn't win a seat, but did garner enough votes in a lot of ridings to make a difference in terms of taking votes away from both uh, the Conservatives, and in some cases from the Greens, um, it didn't really pan out that way in the provincial election, where you had the new Blue Party and the Ontario Party you sort of had this this fracturing of uh, the, that movement into into a couple political parties, which didn't amount to much. This time around, it's it's very interesting because they're no longer fighting the uphill battle against partisan preferences. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to get people to move off of their 
uh, dedicated partisan choice. I mean, if you are a hardcore liberal or a hardcore conservative, um, you're not likely to vote for the PPC or the Greens or somebody that's considered, you know, more fringe or more on the outside of the mainstream. Those party preferences don't really exist right now in Ontario municipal politics, which is the election that we're facing uh, right now. And so you're, you're dealing with the fact that you don't have to worry about party flags. You're also likely to see a low voter turnout. Voter turnouts are lower at the municipal level than they are at the provincial or federal level. We know the last provincial election had the uh, historically worst turnout uh, for any Ontario election. So there's no reason to think that in, in Hamilton, voter turnout is going to be any better than it was for the province. And it was abysmal in Hamilton for, for the provincial election. So if you have no party allegiances to fight against and a low voter turnout coming, you have a much greater chance of smaller groups of highly motivated people having an outsized influence on the result of the election, which could mean we'll see some of these candidates get elected either on councils or on school board trustees. It is, and it creates a, a, a interesting and a perhaps emerging method here in elections. It, let's, as you're talking, I'm thinking of MAGA. I mean, that's a label in the United States. And now we have this. Do you see it growing? I mean, it's spread. It's got school board. In your piece, you're talking about even people on school boards. This is a, this is a handle and a label that tells a story anti-woke yeah i mean a lot of it is is sloganeering and jingoism right i mean make a make america great again as a slogan is virtually meaningless but it was a way in which the supporters of donald trump identified themselves and still identify themselves uh in the case of the freedom convoy movement it's somewhat more fractured um there's no sort of central figure around which um, the, the, the people who are part of this movement rally around, save and except for somebody like Maxime Bernier, who's not particularly relevant when it comes to uh, the municipal election in, in Hamilton in particular. But as you say, it's an identifier that these people can signal to each other, this is what I'm about. And which is why you see the Stop Woke movement, which is specifically aimed at school boards. You see the kind of lists that I wrote about uh, that are circulating in Telegram saying to people, these candidates are one of us, you should vote for them. Um, and, and the other thing I should, I should point out, Arlene, is that it's much easier to get elected at the municipal level than it is at the provincial or, or, or federal level. So we've seen these groups become increasingly more politically active, and there really does seem to be a push to them to get like-minded people into positions of elected authority. And something like a school board is, is a pretty soft target. Voter turnouts are low. People don't pay a lot of attention to them come election time. And so it, it does seem as though this is a target that they've chosen, that they can absolutely have a better shot of winning a seat there than, than they will anywhere else. And it's true. I mean, you don't, any municipal election doesn't have that party affiliation, but it always did. I mean, have the connections to party. When I covered city hall in Toronto, I knew who was left and who was right and who perhaps was independent, but because of all the factors you just mentioned, if these candidates are successful, it could throw down the gauntlet and lay out a plan to use this in other areas. 
Well, well you know as well as I do that incumbency has, means a lot in, in our electoral system. It, it tends to certainly means a lot at the municipal level, um, being able to say that you have experience governing if you're jumping up to the provincial level or the federal level tends to matter quite a bit. Um, one of the problems that these sort of nascent political movements usually have is that they don't have a lot of experience. And in Ontario, you know, the one the one experiment um, Ontario voters that played with the NDP, uh, a party that had no governing experience under Bob Ray when they won. Of course, we all know that that turned into a disaster. So mm -hmm. voters tend to be less forgiving of people who don't have any experience. On the other hand, if you have a bunch of candidates who can in a few years say, well, look, I was on the school board and I was on city council, and then you jump up to run for New Blue provincially, or you jump up and run federally for the PPC, and you can claim you have government experience, that's going to make you a much more appealing candidate down the road. Um, so I, I can't say that the PPC, for instance, uh, is trying to get its candidates uh, organized and elected at the local level, but we do see a lot of former PPC candidates running in cities uh, across the province, either for school boards or for uh, municipal councils. And certainly um, they're kind of carrying the same message, knowing, I think, that they have a better shot of, of winning this time around. Grant LaFleche, investigative reporter with the Hamilton Spectator. Thank you, Grant. All eyes on whether this works or not. Great piece. And thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm Arlene Bynan, and this is On Point.